Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of Rooted with Yams. Thank you guys for coming back for another episode of my podcast where we talk about all things womanhood, sisterhood, and we try to have, you know, light, fun, stimulating, or intriguing conversations that challenge us to be the women of our dreams right now in the present. So you guys, I'm back and I feel like this was a quick little turnaround from our five days in quarantine series. Usually y'all know me, I'd be dropping an episode like once a month, once a trimester, you know, like whenever the wind allows me to. But I've had something that I'm like, you know, I really want to talk about this. And then with this whole Corona thing going on, I didn't feel like this was the right time to share this episode because a lot of people have been sharing like, we need to not play around, like stop being so entertaining during this time. This is a serious manner. But you know what? I can't come and kill myself. You know, like I have, I guess, a relatively light topic on my heart But, you know, before all this corona thing, this topic was very heavy on my chest. It was very serious. So I thought, you know, just because of the circumstances doesn't mean this is not an important conversation, okay? I wasn't going to let, you know, society bring me down, okay? If I want to be light, I'm going to be light. But in all seriousness, you guys, I really hope that everybody is staying inside and we are following the instructions of our uh, local state world officials and our healthcare providers who are literally begging us to stay inside and follow the protocols for social distancing. So in all seriousness, let's keep doing that. And if you're not doing that, please pray for some conviction in your life. Stop being foolish. Okay. Anyways, um, there's something on my chest, you guys, and I think it's pertinent and important to our womanhood and being the best woman we can be right now in the present. So let's jump right in to this week's Rooted Conversation. Okay, so let me tell you guys something. Y'all know I love and I stand for Megan the Stallion. Y'all know I love the Stallion. I myself you know, have been affectionately called Yams the Maverick. You know, we got Annie the Bronco, who I really want to be a guest on this podcast one day. So you guys stay tuned for that. Um, But yes, I am a stallion stan. I don't know what her fans are called, but I am one. But ever since, like, I became such a diehard fan, I noticed that I've been really, really, I guess, triggered by one particular element of her wardrobe and it's something that I've had like a roller coaster relationship with my whole life well really since like sophomore year in high school I've had a really complicated situationship with this garment and I think it's important that we as women we discuss um our thoughts and our feelings towards this particular garment. And we we have healthy relationships with this particular garment. I believe that the stallion has a very healthy, open communication, you know, um, unconditional 
just a beautiful, healthy relationship with this particular piece of garment. And I really applaud her for it, but I don't think I can say the same. And probably by now, y'all already know what I'm talking about. But if not, I hope you guys read the title of this episode. But that piece of garment is the thong, okay? It's a very important piece of clothing. It's very essential. You know, it could be a garment for pleasure, a garment for aesthetic, a garment for protection, a garment for comfort. It could be anything you want it to be, you know? And it's it's such a beautiful, a beautiful garment that is unique to us women for the most part, for the most part. You know, I'm not always politically correct on here, but I'm just talking from my lived experiences, what I've seen and what I kind of understand. But... Um, I don't know you guys I've developed a really unhealthy I would I would want to say borderline toxic relationship with this item of clothing and so I want to give you guys a little background share my thoughts and share my decision so stay tuned you guys this is this is coming straight from the heart I I really evaluated whether I should share whether I was ready to expose this toxic relationship and the abuse I I encountered in this relationship. I, I didn't know when I would be ready to share, but I think um, I think I've come to a place where I can share my testimony. I can share how I've overcome and how I am now proud to say that I am a survivor of the thong. All right, y'all. So let me tell you guys how me and uh, the thong started, you know, talking, you know, started to get to know each other. You know, I was really thinking she was really cute. I was checking her out. I peeped how, like, you know, she really augmented the lives of others. Um, I started peeping her when I was in volleyball. That was my first, first time, like, I felt really compelled to this garment because, you know, I would have these things called panty lines. And I, you know, I, I was young. I was naive. I didn't really know what I wanted out of a relationship with my underwear. But I just knew that thongs seemed to be the answer for my peers, for my teammates, for the, the women's volleyball team. I used to really follow Penn State and UT's team and I didn't know if they were wearing thongs or not but I just really assumed that they were because you didn't see their panty lines and their spandex but anyways I saw the good that she was doing in other people's lives and like you know just really giving the volleyball booties you know just even more oomph you know and so I was like it's time I'm ready like I'm ready to start I'm ready to get to know you a little bit better. See if you like me the way I think I like you. Because you're cute, but now we got to get to know each other. So I presented my concerns to my mom. And um, actually, that's a lie. You know, you never tell your mama about your first boyfriend or the first person you're talking to. So I don't know why I tried to lie here. Um, I did not present my concerns to my mom. I think I went to Target. And I picked out a pair for myself. And I bought it. I started wearing it. And I was like... This is everything. This is everything. This is my life. And I became, I would, I guess you could say dependent 
on this relationship. And ladies, let me tell you from experience, you never want to be dependent on your partner in the relationship. I became very dependent on this piece of garment in our relationship. We were courting, we were talking, we started dating. It was very serious. And I knew that we were going to be together forever. I wore them not only underneath my spandex, but I started wearing them with my jeans. I started wearing them with dresses. I loved the the feel of like a breeze on my cheeks when I wore when I wore them with dresses, especially sundresses, even though I wasn't really wearing sundresses like that in high school because I I wasn't all like developed, you know, but it's fine. Um, It just felt nice. Like I felt like it completed me. Yikes. My relationship with the thong was what I was missing, was what my heart was yearning for. And it just completed me. And so I continued on. We continued doing our thing. We were going strong. We were going together for about four years. I even wore underneath my graduation dress. Um, When I graduated from high school, I was wearing them to parties, you know, in college. Just she was always with me, always a part of my life. And I just became really familiar, really comfortable with her. The only times I didn't, the only times I like departed from thongs was when I was on my period. But then even then, like I I started like being just real confident with it and would wear wear her even when I was on my period. Like she didn't care that I was on my period. She wanted to be close to me regardless. And I really I really thought it was true love, you guys. I hold on. I just I really thought it was something special. I never thought that she would hurt me. I never thought that maybe her intentions weren't good. <laughs> Sorry. But you guys, after about 10 years, 10 years in this relationship, my eyes were opened. I realized that this was not a healthy relationship. I did. I thank God for the friends I had around me, my family for always being so supportive. I had people in my life who told me, girl, this is not healthy. This is not the life you want to live. Think about your future. Think about your kids. Think about the blessings you might be blocking because you choose to remain in this relationship. And I would tell them, I'll be like, y'all shut up. You don't know the love we have for each other. You don't know our bond. You don't know our connection like that. Leave me alone. Okay. Um, but then the abuse got real. It really like picked up full force, full fledged, and I couldn't ignore it anymore. And I started to realize that my friends were right, that my friends telling me like, you know, um, there are briefs, there are like boy shortcuts, stuff with no stitching and stuff that can give me that same effect. But I would always argue and be in denial. Like I have a really um, large load to carry if you feel what I'm saying, like, I feel like I have a a pretty large load to carry. And, you know, those other cuts just weren't doing, doing it for me. Those other garments that they described just were not doing it for me. I felt like the thong was the only one who knew how to 
to, to appropriately carry my load. I really did, you guys. I felt like that was the only answer to my to my large load, to my to my heavy baggage. You know, not everyone can take the baggage you're bringing into the relationship, but the thong did. The thong took me as I am and accepted all my baggage. But you guys, I finally had to flee that relationship. It's been about half a year since I spoke to this garment, since I've picked this garment up, since I've even really thought about this garment. In the beginning, I really missed her. I missed her so much. I would fight it. Even through the aches and pains, I would go and find her. Even even though I knew the pain was going to come, I would go and find her. It took me some time, you guys, to let this go. But now I'm so proud to declare that I've been six months without this garment, you guys, and my life is so much better. I feel free. I feel liberated. I feel dignified. I feel empowered. And I really, I, you know, I know this garment doesn't treat everybody like this. And so I hope, I hope that if you do have a relationship with this type of garment, you know, it's a healthy one and a strong one and a beautiful one, but that wasn't my case. Because of the load, I think, I don't really know why it was bad for me. It's taken me a while to realize that I'm not the only one to blame. Um, But, you know, I had to come to terms with the thong was the accuser, the attacker, and I was the victim in this situation. But for the long time, I could not see myself as the one who was being attacked. I was blaming myself. I thought it was me. What am I doing wrong? Why am I upsetting the garment so much? But I think after doing a little bit of research and letting my body heal from the wounds and the 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 scars, I I learned that it wasn't me. It wasn't me. It was you. It was you and I had to let you go. So you guys, I'm going to insert a little Warning. Some may call it graphic warning, trigger warning right here. Um, I'm going to tell you guys about some of the, the healing I had to go through in this relationship. See what would happen when I would wear thongs that I relied so heavily on. I, I just deeply depended on, on them for safety and security. But what would happen was... I forgot how sensitive I am. My skin, my deep black chocolatey mocha skin looks strong and fierce, but she is delicate as a dandelion. She is gentle as a feather. She is soft as butter. She's delicate, you guys. Very, very delicate. And with the two cheeks that would just come together in between the thongs, I realized that my delicate skin in that crack area was not was not it. It couldn't handle the friction, could not handle the texture, could not handle the presence of that invasion of space. 
I had to realize that my skin needs space, especially in the crevices and such. Very delicate for me personally, and I I do believe, and I know actually, (laughs) that it's because of the load, the force that was rubbing against it at times. It just caused friction. It's simple physics, you know, no, not a lot of like deep science, just, just simple physics that I couldn't see at first, that I was blind to at first. I was tired. I was tired of the relationship of, you know, always buying new sizes, wearing baggy thongs. Does that even make sense? Wearing a baggy thong? No, it doesn't. But that's what I was doing because I thought it was going to be the solution to the problem. I was tired of taking showers and being like, uh-uh, what is going on? Why, is, why do I have a paper cut there? My cracks shouldn't have cracks. It doesn't make sense. Neosporin, that was the only reason I had Neosporin in my house. It didn't make sense. Vaseline, it just anything to soothe the pain, but I didn't even realize who was causing the pain until six months ago. I realized it was you all along torturing me when I completely exposed myself to you. I spread my cheeks for you. You know, just I look back now and I realize that that piece of garment was just so disrespectful to me. And I finally grew up. I finally realized that those people I admired when I was so young in my youth who had relationships with this garment, I didn't know their life. I didn't know the depths of their relationships. I didn't even know if it was the same garment that they were wearing. I learned now that it probably wasn't because I've gone six months without wearing a thong and have seen zero panty lines. Is it magic? No. It's simple trying new things, trying new cuts, new shapes of underwear, new material, especially. I realized like those silky, silky, um, I don't know the appropriate name of the cut, but pretty much silky granny panties. Those are my best friends best friends okay and of course cotton for everyday kind of use but if I really want to avoid those panty lines it's just silk silk no stitching just like butter to my skin my cheeks and my crack they sing when I wear underwear now they are rejoicing they're very happy with me and they have forgiven me they have healed from the chaos that I've put them through through the past 10 years I don't know why I've made this decision to share my story with you guys, but it's just been on my heart. And for the longest time, I was really insecure about this. You know, Google would tell you you have all sorts of things. The gynecologist was like, you just have sensitive skin. It's normal, blah, blah, blah. But I knew there's something deeper. I knew there was something deeper to this. And I knew that I had to experiment. I had to leave this relationship on my own. I had to take a leap of faith and trust. Hallelujah. 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 That God will put another garment in my life. That I didn't have to suffer with this one. I didn't. And you guys, let me tell you. I don't know if these are just big booty problems or big booty sensitivities or, or what. But... 
I feel so free that I don't have crack cracks that I can just enjoy life without neosporin every day, without, you know, cringing when I have to do lunges and such. It's just a very peaceful life, a very peaceful life that I now live. Before we jump into our reflection point, I just want to address um, some of the comments that are coming up on the live the live stream that I'm seeing during my TED Talk. Um, I'm seeing a lot of comments suggesting cheeky cuts. Cheeky cuts, they're real cute. You know, they're like a thong, but not as like stringy in the back. And uh, I do just want to address that those are the worst thing for my body type. The worst thing on earth, probably even more abusive than thongs were in my life. I did try it, but what I realized was because of the pattern and the build of my assets, cheeky panties get sucked right in and they really fight within my cheeks. Like they really move and they're boxing each other, trying to... To, to see which one will have more power over the cheek versus the crack. They just be fighting, slipping and sliding, um, shifting from crack to cheek, crack to cheek, always fighting, going at it. And I said, enough is enough. You guys will not be fighting in my backside. I will not allow it. So cheeky, those little like, y'all know the ones I'm talking about where it doesn't like cover everything, like your whole bum, but it just, it's like a cute little triangular. It's kind of like that like swimsuits, like those cute swimsuit cuts. The only time I'll wear it is with a swimsuit because the swimsuit material doesn't get sucked into all that madness, okay? But yeah, cheek those whatever the name of that triangular cut is that's like in between granny panties and thong, I can't. That's the last thing. That's that's the those are pretty much like that's like the equivalent to the to the to the guy at your school who was in the fraternity and on the football team and he was Nigerian is that guy like very red flags like straight from the jump you you don't even you don't even mess with them you already know you already know so thank you guys for listening i hope this helps somebody i hope someone feels encouraged to be bold and step out of their toxic relationships I hope that we all, as women, take a stand and stand up for ourselves and do what feels best for our bodies. Do what we want for our bodies, not what anyone tells us to do, not what we see looks nice or what might be attractive or in, but what feels best for you, for your skin, for your soul, and for your mind. For me, that means two things either commando or granny panties. There's really no in-between for me. I'm so sorry. I, I, if I'm wearing a long dress, if I'm wearing something that I really want to feel any type of like comfort, breeze, just like extra relax, it's going to be the commando option. If I'm wearing something, you know, more tight, it's going to be granny panties. If I'm wearing exercise clothes, most of them are equipped so you don't have to wear anything underneath. So I just started doing that, which is kind of what I should have always been doing now that I think about it. But 
you live and you learn. And that is what this podcast is all about. Making changes through stages of womanhood, through our stages of development, making the necessary changes so that we don't have painful lives, so we can live beautifully, free, and empowered to be the women of our dreams right now in the present. That was so long and unnecessary. I know it's one of you all. This quarantine is getting to me. Okay. <laughs> this week's reflection point, I present to you nothing. I bring to you nothing because on a very, very serious note, I do believe that during this time, we all have been challenged. We've all had moments to reflect. We all know someone or maybe someone in our city that we might not know personally, but just knowing that uh, coronavirus is so close and is instilling and creating so much paranoia, fear, and pressure, I think all of us have, had, have truly had an opportunity to reflect on our own lives, just knowing that something so, I don't want to say deadly, because I, my prayer is that this thing is not as as deadly as it is appearing, but Something so dangerous and vicious and consuming is just right at our our doorsteps. I'm hoping that you guys are taking time to reflect on your lives, on how you want to live differently after this. For me personally, I feel like God is really challenging me to spend time with him and to pray. Like My prayers have been very long. Like I wake up in the morning before I would try to give myself at least 15 minutes of quiet time. But now I'm learning that it takes me like an hour. My prayers are really, I don't know what's happening, like what has changed, but I just feel like I need to pray with more urgency and more intensity. And that's actually been a, a area of growth I've seen in my life, my spiritual life. Uh, this year, pretty much since Thanksgiving time, um, I'm grateful about it, but I realized that I just stopped playing with prayer and, and I'm really, really tapping into that more now. Um, but I just want, I just want you guys to take a moment right now during this segment of our reflection point to reflect on areas in your life that have changed because of this And how have you adapted? How have you adapted in the midst of crisis? A lot of us have experienced crisis before this pandemic. We've we've lived through crisis. We've, whether they're in our households, in relationships, like I did in with with my garment crisis. Um, Some of us have lived through like for real, for real crisis, like all jokes aside. And so for those of us who haven't or for those of us who it's who we've been removed from chaos for some time how do we respond in the midst of chaos reflect on that how have we adapted has it been a healthy adaptation or has it been a toxic adaptation reflect on that ask god to guide you and 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 to navigate how your patterns, how your behaviors, how your mindset should be during times of crisis. Because this is one crisis, but life is filled with ups and downs and obstacles, challenges, and crisis, whether they're on pandemic levels, pandemic levels, or on very intimate levels. So I want to leave the reflection point to you guys. I don't want to project my reflections too much, especially during this time when I think it's very critical for all of us to to take 
personal time, quiet time to reflect on how we are adapting and how we thrive in the midst of crisis. Okay, and the very last segment, you guys already know this is my favorite segment of the podcast that I like to call Guy and Shine. And this is a segment where I just shine light on pretty much a woman in my life or in my circle or in my periphery that I'm just loving their energy, their their lifestyle, or I just like what I see. So that's why I call it Guy and Shine. But um, you guys know it's been a whole month of March. I cannot, I absolutely cannot leave this month behind without giving a special acknowledgement to Women's History Month. March is Women's History Month, and I, I feel like it's so appropriately follow following Black History Month, and I kind of want to combine the two in this segment and dedicate this guy and shine, not to a specific woman or a particular person, but just to something that I realize has been a foundation to my academic journey my career path, my potential in the future. This is this is something I want to shout out because I feel like without this thread throughout my life, I would have no aspirations for the future other than the the vision God has put in my heart and in my mind. I would really have no understanding, no glimpse into the future if it wasn't for this foundation that I want to shine light on. So my guy and shine is going to all black women in professional spaces. Let me tell you something. I'm a pre-med student and I know like I I intentionally surround myself with black women, black women in healthcare, black women in medicine, women in medicine in general. Um, I do that very intentionally, but the narrative around people of color in medicine is always that, you know, there's an underrepresentation. Um, you know, majority of physicians do not reflect the communities they work in, and that has very detrimental health implications to society. And so that's always the, the narrative, and it really empowers people in color, people of color in medicine or in any healthcare profession to continue to strive for these. Um, career choices, but to me personally, that hasn't been my my view of healthcare because my everything I've surrounded myself with, whether it be intentionally or just because of where I've grown up, it's always I've always been surrounded by minorities in professional spaces that I want to be in. And then once I got to college and with my mom being a nurse herself, I've always been surrounded by black women in medicine. I know a lot of black women in medicine. And the way black women in professional spaces interact with one another, uplift one another, and empower one another is really my hope and my my aspiration for women in all spaces, of all communities, of all aspirations, of all subgroups and subcategories, that the interaction I see, y'all, let me tell you, the interactions I see amongst 
black women in medicine is only uplifting. It's only encouraging. It can do nothing but inspire you and encourage you. And then even outside of medicine, in professional like um, spaces such as education and other uh, high-achieving fields such as law, um, even uh, on the like on in the criminal justice sphere, I I follow like this community of Black women police police officers. I don't know why. I really don't know why, but it's just a page I saw on Instagram. I was like, I love this energy, so I follow them too. But I listen to. Um, Dr. Kia, who's in the space of education and uh, and like social issues uh, from Getting Grown podcast, and I see her uh, team typing fast and other networking events that she engages in and and cultivates. And I'm just like, you, black women are undefeated. Black professional women are seriously undefeated. You guys, like, we will have. Social brunch, social networking, connections, 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 like always trying to put the next sister on. And it's something that I think I've taken for granted until like this year um, that I'm I'm currently in a master's program and I've actually been able to to utilize some of these professionals a little bit more and network with them on a more professional level since I'm, you know, getting closer to being a real life adult and professional. So I've seen it more like take shape in my life and open doors for me that I'm like, this, this is magical. Truly, when they talk about black girl magic, I, this is what I see. This is what I see. I think about, um, my friends in law school and, and, you know, I, like I said, it's, I've been very intentional about people I put as my models, I guess, or inspos or whatever. So when I see them and they are predominantly black women, I know that's probably not, um, reflective of the true statistics, right? But from what I see, because of what I've I've surrounded myself with, and who my community is, and who um, my support is, I cannot help but be overwhelmed and overjoyed by the the black female lawyers, judges, um, women in politics, like. We've seen uh, Maxine Waters, and then I think it started kind of with her that my eyes got more exposed to other uh, political figures, black women political figures, and how they all have a, a, a more intimate network as well. And so I don't know, you guys. I've just really, my eyes have really been open to how powerful black women are, especially when they get into professional spaces. So... I feel I feel so empowered, so proud to be a black woman, an aspiring professional, so proud because of the examples in my life, the role models in my life, and just everyone, literally rooting for everybody black, like Issa Rae said, and even on television, like, I, I you know, uh, like Issa Rae, Yvonne, they talk about their struggles and their journey, and you see like their network, their their clan, their group, their 
their circle is so powerful. And you see, it's just growing and growing. They're not shy to put their girls on. And I don't know, I, I, again, I've been intentional of what I expose myself to. So I'm sure this is not unique to black women, but I have seen it in just the most encouraging ways among black women in professional spaces. So for this week's Guy and Shine, I just want to celebrate and acknowledge black women in professional spaces, no matter where you are, no matter what you're striving for, whether it's entrepreneurship, um, leadership, education, law, politics, social justice, especially, we already know social issues. The front line leaders are always black women. We already know this. That is point blank, period. But no matter what space you're in, medicine, healthcare, um, whatever the professional space that you're inhabiting, shout out to you. You are a black queen and you really inspire me. And I, I literally would have stopped trying. I would have done nothing with my life if it wasn't for the power and the impact and the model of the Black Woman Network. So thank you. I salute every single black woman. I'm proud to be a black woman. I'm proud to be a woman. I'm proud to be black. And it's and now I'm proud to be a black woman in professional spaces. So that's it. Like, that's it. I don't know. I hope this episode was not too, like, all over the place. I feel like I started kind of lighthearted. Then I got kind of serious. Then I got, like, kind of, like, I don't know, just a lot, <laughs> but I think that reflects just my emotional headspace this this past couple of weeks. Um, so this is me. This is just who I am. This is how I am. I can go from zero to 100 real quick. Y'all already know. And if my tone is kind of off, it's because everybody is sleeping around me. <laughs> and that's it, you guys. Let me get off your earphones. Um, y'all be safe. Trust God in all things, no matter what. I do believe and I have firm, strong faith that there is goodness in all of this. God is great. God is bigger than anything. Anything this world can imagine, God is greater than. Anything that we have experienced, God is greater than. God is he was and he is to come. And that is true of who he is and all his glory. So I hope you guys are encouraged. I hope you guys are strong mentally, especially even if you are sick, even if you're listening and you have been diagnosed with COVID-19. I believe, I'm praying, I'm praying for healing. I'm really praying for healing. I don't want any more cases, any more deaths. And call me, you can call me what you want, but I know my, I know God hears me. I know he hears me because he, he he made me. I, I'm really like his favorite. Like I'm his cutest daughter. He really be listening to me. I'm daddy's little girl in his kingdom, okay? So I'm praying because I know he gives me what I want. <laughs> and I, I really hope you guys are staying strong. Protect your, protect your minds. Your mind is going to be critical to your healing. Your mind is going to be critical to how you you overcome this. Your mind is going to be critical to how your life will be impacted after this. So maintain a sound mind. I'm praying that everyone has a sound mind during this so that we can continue when this is all said and done because it will end when it is all over. We need to be 
coming out of the other side stronger, better, and hopeful. Okay, so that's it for you for this week's episode. I don't know when I'll be back, um, but for now, you guys know what to do. I'm on Instagram, you know, yams underscore and potatoes. And uh, you can email me at rootedwithyams at gmail.com. I'm always open to hear what you guys want to talk about on this podcast. And that's it, you guys. Have a blessed week. Bye-bye. Back, back to Africa. Matriarchy is a fate. Black women pick capita. I, I, Capitan. You remain my queen. I saw it in my mother and I saw it in a dream. Holy Spirit, how is she? You disrespect the womb. Where life all come from and it is to whom? Your graces too, or your races too. Did you see like they like sharper than kudos to you?